0: Hey guys, welcome back to Keep Knit OD Podcast and happy Monday. Hope you guys have been enjoying these interview episodes because I love making them. So keep the suggestions coming and hopefully we'll get to do them all very soon. So in today's episode, I have with me Patrick Cameron from MCPHS Optometry. So Patrick serves as your main point of contact when you're going through the application process for the Doctor of Optometry program. So he works with members of the Faculty Admissions Committee in arranging interviews, So you will really come in contact with Patrick if you have any questions about the admissions requirements as a pre-optometry student, scheduling an interview as an applicant, and any questions about your decision or scholarship um, once you've conducted your interview. All right, Patrick, thank you so much for being on Keep Knit OD today.
1: Wonderful. Thank you for having me today. I appreciate it.
0: All righty. So uh, we're gonna first start with the applicant questions. Um, Those questions are gonna focus on what the applicants or prospective students are asking or wondering or things that they should just know um, if they plan to apply uh, to MCPHS in the near future. So since you're in charge of pre-screening applications, um, in your opinion, what makes a competitive applicant? Which applications make the cut to get invited to an interview at MCPHS?
1: yeah absolutely um and this is i (laughs) want to say um an extremely popular question um because you know a lot lot of students want to know am i competitive or not and the main thing um i can say and um i I will say something unique about mcphs is that uh, we do look at students in a holistic manner um now with saying that Uh, Naturally we do have grades and test scores and other metrics that we need to abide by for um, not only uh, various accreditations but also you know for our program and to make sure that we're setting students up for success. So really I will say grades are extremely important. Um, Folks who have a minimum of a 3.0 GPA usually are uh, some of the more competitive applicants, um, but we've seen um, during my uh, five-ish years that I've been here at MCPHS, that typically the most competitive applicants are within that three, 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 four 3.4 uh, overall GPA range, and that's the overall GPA that we look at according to the optopcast And that's another thing that, a lot of students ask, uh, do you recalc GPAs? How do you factor that in, into the admissions process? And we do take, true to heart, the Optomcast overall GPA and the Optomcast total science GPA, because that's ultimately what we wanna know, how you've done as a whole, as a student, but we also wanna know how you've done in those science Courses, because ultimately, optometry and, and, and Karen, you know this, especially as you're going off to optometry school yourself, um, is optometry is a very math and science heavy program. So we want to know the students who that we're hopefully reviewing and inviting either via Zoom, uh, as we're doing right now during COVID or uh, the folks that we're inviting on campus for an interview uh, can handle a science heavy course load and ultimately are successful. So that would be the primary thing that I think I would say um, really makes applicants stand out. Though we do look at students who potentially if they've taken a really competitive semester course load of, you know, 15, 16, 17 plus credits and they're all math and science heavy courses and maybe they're potentially a little below that 3.0 mark, you know, that's where the holistic review process kind of comes in. Um, And ultimately when you're applying, you know, you want to make sure you put in as much information into the optom cast as possible because us as admission officers we can never assume anything because we don't know what you're going through potentially with life or anything like that so as an applicant it's really important for students to uh, list everything that's going on you know s- potentially submitting any type of additional documentation like resumes or stuff like that um, to show who you are as a student and as an individual.
0: Awesome, yeah. I feel like a lot of applicants, especially, and I can um, definitely say that about myself too. Um, when looking at you know your own stats, you never know like where you stand. Um, so that's really great that you touched on that. Um, now the next big thing is is the OAT, um, and I know now a lot of people um, still haven't been able to take it, or um, their testing centers are still shut down. So, can you interview without taking the OAT, or does MCPHS accept other entrance exams in lieu of the OAT at the moment?
1: Yeah, so um, naturally, you know, in in most of the literature uh, out there right now um, for students and going off to optometry school and correlation of student success in optometry programs are associated with the OAT. Um, But... We do review applicants who have taken the GRE exam, um, the graduate record exam. Um, and uh, we do uh, look at competitive scores of over 150 and uh, which is typically around the 50th percentile which is right around a, what would be uh, a 300. On the OAT, which is also the 50th percentile, so those are the two primary exams we're looking at right now. Um, it's not out of the question if someone has uh, either the MCAT, the DAT, PCAT, or anything like that. We'll, we'll you know, we potentially review those on a case by case basis. Um, but we have, again, as I mentioned previously, we have been looking at students holistically and. Uh, the pandemic has ruined a a number of people's plans in applying to graduate school. And we have been inviting some competitive students on campus um, who besides having no OAT or GRE scores um, would otherwise be a good fit. Now, this is not the norm, (laughs) I can say that, um, but we have been inviting folks on campus for, um, for, for rather via Zoom for interviews. Um, and that's, again, part of the holistic review process where we look at um, GPAs, we look at uh, course loads, we look at uh, your involvement on campus, whether it be with uh, residence life, um, a pre-optometry club, uh, a peer mentor, or your shadowing experience, work experience, or anything like that. So it's the whole package when students uh, typically don't have the uh, some type of standardized exams that we really drill into everything else.
0: Awesome. I'm glad you said that. I hope someone listening to this and still wondering if they should apply or not um, to give it a shot, even if they don't have an OAT, because I know that's like um, a lot of people right now. So if that is you definitely um, apply even if you don't have an OAT because um, this year has definitely been challenging for all of us. Um,
1: and I and I also want to add and I apologize um, for, for jumping in um, but you know the you if you do have any questions as, as students about any of the requirements or anything like that you can always ask each institution. And hopefully there's going to be someone on the other side like myself, who's going to be extremely candid and, and upfront with you to be like, yes, this is this is our admissions procedures and policies. Um, we have been looking at everything uh, a little bit differently because of COVID. Um, and ultimately the worst thing that a school can say is no. Uh, you would need to do this or you would need to do that, but it's always worth asking.
0: Absolutely. All righty. So this is also another um, really at, like frequently asked question, which is how is the interview day structured? Now, obviously this cycle is completely different, something that we never thought would happen, um, but feel free to tell us what the interview day what have looked like versus what it looks like now um for applicants applying this cycle
1: yeah, absolutely, so um I'll we'll kind of talk about what we're doing currently, and then I'll switch over to uh, what a typical on campus interview day experience looks like, and um Right now, when students apply, they get the invitation to schedule a Zoom interview, um, at which point when an individual schedules an appointment, uh, they shortly afterwards receive an invitation uh, via Zoom on their specific date and time. And at which point for that, the actual interview day, um, the student would log on and typically meet with myself and another faculty member. Um, And I would do a brief introduction about um, some housekeeping things that need to be covered. And then ultimately I pass it off to the faculty member. And and sometimes interviews can last from somewhere between a half hour all the way up to the full hour. And uh, once that is done, then students do need to sit for a 30 minute writing sample that I send out. Um, while students are finishing up their interview that needs to be completed. Um, it's fairly quick and, and painless and I know it's easier said than done uh, being on, on this side of the process. Um, but ultimately, uh, the interview and I, and I know I, I say this oftentimes typically when students are applying, um, it's nothing to stress uh, too much about because it's really, Showcasing yourself and talking about all of your experiences, but you know we're going to talk about uh, that in a little bit. Uh, some some hints, tips, and tricks about uh, how to leave it, it, uh, lasting impressions on your interview. But typically, when you're coming on campus for an interview day. You come to the beautiful city of Worcester, and uh, I will say I'm a little biased towards how wonderful Worcester, Massachusetts is. Um, And you come to our 10 Lincoln Square location, which houses our Doctor of Optometry program, as well as our Eye and Vision Center, the EVC, and the 10 Optical Store, 10 Optical as we call it for short, as well as housing a number of our other on-campus programs, such as physician's assistant studies, uh, physical therapy, our post-bacc dental hygiene, and medical sonography programs, just to name a few. And uh, ultimately, students check in and there's a uh, brief welcoming that uh, myself and another faculty member do when you get on campus. Uh, After that, we then divide students up into conducting the 30-minute writing sample and then going off for their interview. Once one group is done, we then ultimately switch. So the folks who do the writing sample go off to their interviews and the folks who interviewed then go off into uh, conducting their writing sample. As soon as that's done, um, if know there's a fun part of an interview day that's when the fun part starts and uh, typically a presentation done by Dr. Stamm, Dr. Joseph Stamm who's the chair of the Faculty Admissions Committee for the Optometry Program conducts a presentation um, and he talks a little bit about not only MCPHS but our optometry program and what makes everything special and at that point when he finishes up the uh, presentation We then bring in a couple of current students, typically second, third year folks, um, because the first year students are inundated with work. Um, So those individuals show Um, and and walk around our 10 Lincoln Square facilities. So you get to see uh, the EVC, 10 optical, all of our practice rooms, um, our virtual reality room, um, and because 10 Lincoln Square was an old Marriott hotel, um, we kept the functionality of the hotel. So you also also get to see some uh, housing on your tour. Um, So if you're one that really thrives on waking up five, 10 minutes before class, um, living in 10 Lincoln Square might be for you because you can roll out of bed, go down the elevator, right into your class, all within uh, probably under five minutes. So you get to see that. And then lastly, because... um, there's nothing better than free stuff. We, we feed students, and uh, that's ultimately where you can, uh, as, as applicants, interviewees, um, can carry on with your candid conversations with our current students, and you can ask them all the hard-hitting questions about uh, what their likes, dislikes of the program is, um, you know, kind of the real deal of what optometry school is like, and, and so on and so forth. Um, And at that point, that's when typically our current students dismiss uh, after lunch uh, our applicants and they're free to go. It's typically about, uh, goes from nine o'clock in the morning until um, noon, uh, 12.30, 1 p.m. So it's only around a half a day that the entire interview day is conducted.
0: Awesome. So um, we talked about the interview day and how it's structured but you kind of mentioned the essay. So MCPHS I think is the only school that requires a writing sample from um, their applicants following their interview. So can you just touch on how you can prepare for the interview overall and especially how you can prepare for the writing samples or anything specifically that you encourage applicants to kind of research and do before they go ahead and sit for the interview and take the writing sample?
1: Um, and actually, there's uh, something I will say very candidly. Um, we, we don't typically want students to prepare too much for the writing sample. Um, maybe stretch out your hand a little bit because you folks might be used to you know typing on a keyboard all day instead of writing by hand. Um, but there really isn't too much that students can prepare for the writing sample because it's about Uh, half a dozen questions and uh, applicants pick one and you write for a half hour or to your heart's content, whichever one comes first. And we really just want to see how students um, answer the question. And by no means typically do writing samples um uh, mean that they're the deciding factor of an interview it's typically again one of the pieces in the holistic review process where we review the application we have the interview um in all the notes from the interview and then we say okay how did you know this this uh johnny Appleseed um do in his writing sample and one of the question talks about a um Uh, experience with a stranger and, you know, what did, what did Johnny say about this experience and how it shaped uh, him to, you know, be a better person or what have you. So we really just want to see how students are able to answer some of these questions on the spot because oftentimes when you're dealing with patients or clients, um, hopefully as future optometrists, there's sometimes where you're given questions that you are unable to prepare for and you need to think of some type of answer on the spot. And that's one of the reasons why uh, we like to see students do a writing sample.
0: Awesome, that was a good answer actually. I um, definitely agree with that. Um, but here's this other thing. So going through an interview, you're definitely nervous, um, especially if it's <laughs> the first one or if it's your dream school. And you probably conducted, or probably a couple hundred thousand interviews or something. (laughs) The time um, you spent with MCPHS. So you know better than anyone else, you know, what kind of an impression um, that interviewers leave on, or no, interviewees leave on their interviewer. Um, So what are some of your tips to leave a lasting good impression, hopefully, on your interviewer?
1: Yes, hopefully you're leaving a lasting good impression. That's the key word, good. Um, but one of the things that we tell students is to be real and to be yourself. And I know that's easier, I, you know, that's kind of a no-duh type of type of thing. It's like, of course I'm going to be real in who I am. But the interview is your opportunity as the student to um, talk to us as the institution of who you are, your, your interests, your uh, passions in the optometric field. And that should be the thing that really shines through the most in your interview, um, because we want to hear um, ultimately, why you're going into optometry. And, uh, you know, spoil alert, one of the questions you're probably going to be asked is why do you want to be an optometrist and what do you know about the optometric field? And you should have answers prepared for those. And, uh, you know, by, by all means, uh, you don't have, you know, some type of word doc, if it's a Zoom call, uh, open up, and you're just reading off, uh, you know, a, a, an answer that you typed up, but, you know, it should be something from the heart, because, you know, this is your passion, you going off to optometry school, and um, uh, quite honestly, it's it's been a, either, it's, it's made some people's um decisions we we've seen students who we've said okay we'll bring this student on campus to interview and see what they have to say and um some of those individuals they they really thrive at that opportunity and they blow us away and we say oh my goodness you know you you are an incredible applicant we need you in this program um wow on the flip side we've seen several students um who come into their interview, who we're really excited about on paper and the interview. And afterwards we say, this can't be the same person who wrote all these incredibly wonderful things um, during their application. It's, you know, they must've had a ghostwriter or something like that. So the interview is extremely important. And uh, that's the thing that we really wanna highlight. And again, to just be real who you are.
0: Awesome. I know this is not a question that's on here. (laughs) You mentioned, you know, knowing um, the ins and outs of the optometric field. So do you guys um, prefer if an applicant has prior experience or shadowing? And if so, how many hours? Um, Do you require, like, different modes of practice or things like that? Um,
1: Sure, yeah. Uh, We don't require any type of... um, for the application process to be potentially admitted into MCPHS for, um, for, for our optometry program, we do recommend that students get. Um, you know, a few hours, um, you know, as a number to at least get 10 hours or something like that, 10 plus um, for uh, some type of shadowing or experience or something like that. Oftentimes, um, folks who are applying have well over that mark, so it's not really a concern, but the shadowing in the experience is for um, you guys as the students, because we wanna make sure that you know what you're getting yourself into um, because optometry school is an investment. And we don't want to have folks get into their second or third year of the program and ultimately realize, wow, I'm going to be trapped in this dimly lit room for the next 30, 40 years of my life as a career. And then you know have an epiphany that I don't want to do this. You know, we want to try to ultimately weed those people out, um, in the interview process. So we don't potentially prevent a, a wonderful candidate, um, who uh, maybe applied a little bit later in the cycle, um, a spot at being in the optometry program, but also to prevent some of those students from spending all of this money. Um, and then only realize it halfway to three-fourths of the way through that, yikes, I really don't want to do this. So it's really servicing uh, the applicants to have some type of exposure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely say, like, from experience, I didn't know that this is what I wanted to do until I shadowed and I worked um, in a couple optometry offices, and then I decided, like, this is what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely if you have the chance to do something like that, go for it.
1: And it's really also, you know, in in part doing your homework, preparing for an interview um, to know the difference between a optometrist, an optician, an ophthalmologist, um, and so on and so forth, that you know the program that you're going into.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember Dr. Stam. He, I think that was like one of the first questions he'd asked. He was like, "Okay, so what's the difference between an optometrist and an ophthalmologist, and why do you want to become an optometrist versus an ophthalmologist?" Um, that definitely caught me off guard, but I knew that this is what I wanted to do. Um, so, was good.
1: It- it's it, then you did your homework preparing for the interview. That's fantastic. Absolutely.
0: Alrighty. So we're coming um, on our last question here regarding the application process. So after you um, have done your interview and you know, went on with everything with the writing sample, then what happens next? What should the applicant kind of expect? Um, I know you're going to be in touch with them. So do you normally call them if they're um, rejected, accepted? How long is that? process and what goes into kind of the decision-making process. You can go into as much or as little detail, as much as you feel comfortable sharing.
1: Sure, absolutely. I I won't go too much into the um, uh, the decision-making process, um, uh, not revealing too much behind the curtain, um, as in The Wizard of Oz, but uh, ultimately, yes, I am in touch with uh, students who are admitted into the program um, via, via telephone, via email, um, everything like that. We also have a wonderful portal that students get access to when their application is eventually downloaded from Optomcast into our uh, system here at the university so students get to see updates of their application in real time and ultimately get an electronic copy of their, uh, if they are accepted, their acceptance letter as well as um, potentially any information about scholarships that they might have received. and the same goes for any type of other decisions, whether a student has been waitlisted or ultimately, unfortunately, denied, where uh, they receive some type of uh, communication from us, whether it be email through the portal or hard copy uh, mail, anything like that. We do inform all of our naturally applicants about all of the various decisions that they receive. Um, and ultimately, the thing that i I typically ask students to do is to um and and I hope students do not only for us but all of the other optometry schools out there um is to just keep in touch with the various admission offices um as you know most of the programs out here um you know have a limited number of seats that they're uh can can uh allocate towards applicants, whether it be uh, external applicants, internal or anything like that. But, you know, there's a finite number of seats for all of these programs. And it's important to let schools know um, ultimately decisions or or just keep in touch about, you know, what they're thinking or anything like that. Um, In regards to kind of the decision-making process, I, I mentioned this briefly, but the admissions committee all sits down um or as it is right now the process logs on via zoom and uh, goes through um the applicants um some discussions are um longer than other ones because there there are folks who come in who meet all of our admissions requirements and then they come in uh, for an interview and we say wow this is an easy one admit no problem no problem and then there's other ones that re- ultimately require a little bit more conversation and that's where the admissions committee um talks about academics uh test scores uh letters of recommendation it, you know kind of the whole package if you will so that's why it's extremely important to make sure that um you put in the time to make sure that your application is the best that it can be. And if there's one thing that I can say, um, it's to also proofread as well. You'd be surprised at the amount of times um, students apply and they forget to say or or ultimately edit out um, another institution's name. And I'm sure there's other institutions that can also echo this as well. um, That they're like, huh, that's, that's not how you spell MCPHS. That, that looks like another school of optometry. So if there's one thing that um, you can take home, it's to make sure that you proofread your application.
0: All right. That was pretty good. So we're going to transition over um, to program related questions. So someone who's listening to this right now, you know, they've um, Perfected their application. They're really interested to know more about the MCPHS OD program. So, just to start, can you just give us a brief overview of the um, OD program, the curriculum, clinical clinical exposure, involvement, community service, etc.?
1: Yeah. And um, again, you know, being here at MCPHS, I'm, I'm a little biased thinking um, this is an incredible program. And I do wholeheartedly believe this. And it's because of um, not only the faculty, but the curriculum and all the experience that our students get. And I, I, I believe that we train truly wonderful clinicians um, that come out of this program. And that is our primary focus of, uh, of the optometry program here at MCPHS, training wonderful clinicians. And you ultimately start getting some exposure into the optometric world in your first semester. And this is all naturally um, in a COVID-free world where Um, Yes, in that first year you are doing a lot of didactic coursework. So you're in the classroom, you're in the labs, you're practicing your skills, you're owning your skills, and you know you're learning about the profession, but we also send our first year students out to the Worcester community. And this also ties into our community involvement, the community service, and all of that, we have a wonderful program called Worcester Eyes. And this program um, goes to, uh, has our first year students go out to the Worcester Public Schools and uh, ultimately sit with students and identify individuals who might need some additional screening for for glasses and uh, for those individuals who have been screened, we then bring those folks to campus, and we screen those individuals and ultimately give them a prescription and then walk them down the hall to our uh, t- to ten optical where we fit them for glasses. And oftentimes, students who go through this program with their eyes, they get their glasses at at either an extremely discounted rate or free. And we try to target student or individuals in the Worcester public schools who might need that little extra help in regards to um, you know, some, some healthcare services or might not have the full coverage of um, insurance of, um, of vision. And it's, it's not only the warm and fuzzy feeling that our students get, but it's also great experience as well for our students because you're dealing with so many different types of populations when you come here to MCPHS. Um, and we're also giving back, as I mentioned, to the Worcester community and some of these students have you know been patients through our Worcester Eyes program and our local Worcester students and go to say Worcester State or Holy Cross or or some of the other um, wonderful institutions here in the city and now are applying to MCPHS so it's kind of a full circle type of thing uh, that that we're seeing now as Um, The program has been around since uh, virtually uh, the inception here at uh, the program's inception at MCPHS. And the individuals who are screening these students when they get to campus are the second and third year students. And those are primarily the individuals who are staffing the on-campus EVC, the Eye and Vision Center, our second and third year students. Um, And we have somewhat of a mentorship type of program where um, our second year students start to uh, touch upon some of the um, examination process with our third year students. Um, and they get to see how the third year students are doing everything and all of that and slowly the second year students gain more and more control of the examination until virtually they're doing uh, the exam all by themselves, still in their second year, until they switch to the third year when they start mentoring uh, some, some individuals below them. Um, and it's, it's not only one of the many mentorship programs that we have here at the university, but it's a lot of good exposure when they're physically here on campus, as well as in our number of community clinics. And we have three community clinics that we partner with, uh, two in Worcester, Massachusetts, and one in Framingham, Massachusetts, which is halfway between Worcester and Boston, Mass., which Boston is the capital of, um, of the state. And us as a city of Worcester, we're only about 45 minutes to an hour away from the city of Boston. Uh, Then turning into your third, rather your fourth year, um, that's when you're ultimately kicked out of the bird's nest, if you will, and you're sent off into the world. And we have um, uh, clinical uh, partnerships with uh, ultimately places all across the US as far west as Alaska, we have students who go off to a small Inuit village um, in Alaska and ultimately are immersed in the optometric uh, uh, community there and working with um, individuals in that small little village, giving back and and doing all what they can with these individuals and making sure they're getting all of the treatment and the services that they deserve. Um, But we also have, you know, many located in in not only Worcester, you can be physically on campus if you really want to. You can go out to Boston. Uh, We've sent students down to the Carolinas, to Houston. Um, So we send students all over the place, um, which is really exciting. And that's something that I really tell students to um, take advantage of because um, there's there are very few times in your life that you ultimately um get to just pack your bags and and go somewhere for a short period of time and really get to experience something so um if you do have a a really cool opportunity to go off to um some sort of unique clinical uh, clinical site or clinical program jump on that opportunity because Um, You might look back uh, one day and say, man, I really, I really wish I did that. Or um, you might be thankful for the experiences that you get. And that's something that, um, again, we really try to um, uh, focus in on with our students is is giving them all of the tools that they need to have in order to be successful clinicians.
0: Awesome. It sounds like you keep your students very, very busy and involved in the community um, on campus and all of that. Um, so what are other things that students are involved um, with on campus or off campus when they're not studying? Um, any sporting events, any local um, community outreach, anything like that? that involved.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we've um in our students are also very involved with the local special olympics. Um we've also been um uh pretty involved with the RAM which is the remote access to medicine um which which provides care and understanding to various areas of uh the US. Um we also have the student vol- volunteer optometric services for humanity. Um we have uh historically um which is a kind of a study away program we've historically gone to nicaragua um we haven't gone the past couple of years because of covid but also um uh uh, before covid we weren't able to go because there was some political unrest in the nation um we're hopefully transitioning pivoting to um another uh country sometime soon um, as soon as we have more information about that, you know, naturally we're going to let applicants know because it's a really unique and uh, exciting opportunity where you get to see, um, you know, 50 plus patients a day. Um, and you also are in another country, which is, which is again, you know, another unique opportunity that um, I often encourage students to take care of. Um, or ultimately take advantage of rather. But we've also done a number of things with various um, other organizations within the city city of Worcester. We do a lot of uh, various research with the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Um, We've done some stuff with Um, other programs here on campus like our occupational therapy program and um, done some collaboration with the Worcester police department as well as some minor league sports teams we've actually done a couple of um, really cool stuff in in, uh, sports vision with um, a minor league hockey team here in the city um, the Worcester Railers which is a uh, it's kind of like the double-a team for the Uh, uh, Long Island Islanders, the NHL team, so we, whatever we can try to come up with some type of really unique and different experiences, and oftentimes it coincides with the students that we have in our program where they say, you know, I'm really interested in, um, you know, this or that, and um, we try to because we're a small program, we're able to focus on our students' interest and say, okay, this is a really interesting idea. Let's try to figure something out. Um, There's something else that we often do, which is pretty unique to MCPHS, I'd say, um, and it's one of those healthcare buzzwords right now, is our interprofessional experiences. And uh, ultimately what interprofessional experiences are, opportunities for not only our optometry students to collaborate with all of the other programs that we have on campus, such as acupuncture, physical therapy, um, occupational therapy, physician's assistant studies, uh, pharmacy, and so on and so forth. Um, Because healthcare, it's it's not a siloed effort, it's very much a team effort, a team approach to try to get the best care to the patient, the client, whoever you're working with. And sometimes it's, it's collaboration with uh, some of these other um, healthcare providers like working with physical therapists or occupational therapists if um, you know, motor skills are off along with vision, You know, kind of figuring out how can we best collaborate. Um, and it also gives our students the know-how um, and the confidence to go up to other healthcare providers and say, okay, you know, we, we have this case together, or you know, we have a similar client, you know, this is my scope of practice. What's your scope of practice? How can we best collaborate to ultimately make sure we're providing top-notch care to this individual? And that's something that we instill in our students day one here at MCPHS.
0: Awesome, yeah, definitely um, you don't wanna be or feel like you're alone in this. Um, and it sounds like everyone is um, you know, collaborating and in this together. Um, you mentioned the different programs and degree options that MCPHS offers. Um, just a quick question here. Can you earn any additional degrees simultaneously while earning your OD degree at MCPHS? And if so, what are they?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So students can have a dual degree in um, a master's of public health in MPH. So you can earn that while you are earning your degree here at MCPHS. Um, And it it wouldn't take any time um, away from your optometry program or it wouldn't take away any classes. um, Or, and also it's no additional cost as well. It's, um, it's just additional coursework that you would need to complete. And these are all online courses as well. So you don't have to worry about frantically running around campus from one building to another, um, but you can simultaneously earn your master's of public health. We also do have a alumni scholarship that students can take advantage of called ironically, the MCPHS Advantage. Um, there's a bunch of information on that on our website and um, um it's a it's an alumni scholarship that you can Uh, utilize to uh, after you're done with your optometry degree here at the university um, can either focus in um, a MBA in healthcare management Um, if you ultimately don't want to do the uh, masters of public health while you're in optometry school because optometry (laughs) school is enough schooling you know alone and you don't want to make it more difficult Uh, the MPH is also another option clinical research clinical management Management and a few other master's programs that individuals can take advantage of um, and all that stuff is posted online too.
0: All right, sounds good. Um, so I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions about big buzzword national boards. How do you prepare your students for national boards? What resources are made available for them so that they can better prepare?
1: Sure. Uh, so the school pays for KMK review courses, and we also provide topical review sessions in the lead up to the exam. So we really try to do everything that we can in order to make our students successful for the boards, being a new program, um, you know, we we have the ability to pivot quickly. I guess if if that's a word, um, in order to you know say, oh, this might not work, and let's try to focus on this. And always, our pivots or uh, you know any changes or you know new new um, innovations that we try to do, it's always we believe in the best interest um, in. Our students to make them as successful as possible to pass the board exams and to ultimately graduate and get a job because that's the ultimately um, the goal of going off to optometry school.
0: All right, so this has been a delight, Patrick. But if you just want to give listeners just one um, takeaway from this. what would be one piece of advice or takeaway to prospective students that are interested in attending or applying to mcphs um, school of optometry
1: yeah um, and thank you for um having me first and foremost um i don't know if you can tell but i'm really uh passionate and excited about this program because um you know there are so many wonderful things about this and I I believe if there's one thing folks should know, it's that, you know, we have a small, tight-knit family environment here at MCPHS, where our, our faculty and administration and everyone here at the university, we really try to get to know who you are as an individual and as a student. And we try to tailor your education towards your strengths and making those strengths as strong as possible. But we also try to nurture your weaknesses and try to turn those weaknesses into strengths. So you can ultimately be a successful clinician. We don't have any type of weed out classes or anything like that. Our faculty here is with you to support you from day one. And that's something that's not only evident in our optometry program, but it's university-wide as well. We, we try to focus on our students and it's it's evident as we're going through this pandemic that we're not only focusing on our student academic success, but mental health, um, this physical health, as well as we're, we provide free testing for all of our um, students, staff, and employees here at, uh, here at MCPHS. Um, so we're really trying to focus on, on um, our students being as successful as possible. All right.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much again, Patrick.
1: Yes. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: So that is all for this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to follow the podcast at keepin.it.od to stay in the loop when episodes go live. Make sure to also follow MCPHS at MCPHS Admissions and the College of Optometry at MCPHS Opto. Patrick also provided some links and emails that I will include in the show notes. If you have specific questions that you'd like answered, you can utilize those links. I will see you right back here next week with a brand new solo episode about why I chose optometry and why that could be a great fit for you. And as always, we will be keeping it OD. Thank you, guys.